Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this special five-part podcast series, I visit with Rod Grandin. Rod is the Managing Director of Monitoring Services for Affiliated Monitors in the Washington, D.C. area. We take up the timely topic of federal contractor responsibility for compliance and ethics. It's a fascinating five-part series, which includes an introduction to the topic, what the government expects in compliance and ethics, how small business programs may have certain flexibilities, why are people still talking about compliance and ethics programs in the federal contracting space, and we conclude with a fascinating exploration of Rod's thoughts on how to keep your compliance program fresh. I know you'll enjoy it, whether or not you are in the federal space, public space, or private space. There are lots of lessons learned in this special five-part series. This five-part series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and it is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode in our five-part exploration with Rod Grandin, Managing Director of Monitoring Services at in Washington, D.C. for Affiliated Monitors. Rod, uh, first of all, uh, welcome back, and thank you uh, for taking the time to visit with me today. Hi, Tom. It's my pleasure. So, Rod, uh, we introduced the topic yesterday, and today I wanted to maybe take a little bit deeper dive specifically into what does the government expect. So I know there are um, certain uh, FARs, F-A-R, Federal uh, Acquisition Regulations, but I was wondering if you just might highlight uh, some of the key ones and then really what the government uh, expects from uh, uh, companies it does business with. All right. Well, yesterday I introduced this notion of contractor responsibility. Again, it's a very broad notion that addresses how a contractor performs and also includes such things as integrity, compliance, ethics. Is it, uh, is it doing uh, its business in a way that, uh, that is appropriate and in line with the government's expectations? And, and I think a good place to start with, with, with the government's expectations is to recognize that the federal acquisition regulation uh, makes it very clear that public, these public transactions, these public contracts um, that involve the expenditure of taxpayer dollars require the highest degree of public trust and an impeccable standard of conduct. That applies to both the government personnel involved in the process and the contractor uh, invo- contractors involved in the process. Um, the federal acquisition makes absolutely clear that government contractors must 
conduct themselves with the highest degree of integrity and honesty. Um, so again, going back to this notion of responsibility, it's not just the performance features. Are they providing appropriate uh, products and services? But it looks at the larger question of, is it being priced correctly? Are the uh, invoices accurate? Are they timely? Uh, is, is everything being done that is supposed to be done from a compliance standpoint under that particular contract? Uh, again, integrity and honesty are the key features of a responsible contractor. So there are essentially two regulations that come into play in the federal marketplace. The first is Federal Acquisition Regulation 3.1002. And that's a basic provision that says, as I said earlier, contractors must conduct themselves with the highest degree of integrity and honesty. That particular provision continues stating that contractors, and this is interesting, contractors should have a written code of business ethics and conduct, and that there should also be an employee business ethics and compliance training program and an internal control system suitable to the size of the company's involvement in the federal marketplace that uh, will help facilitate uh, timely discovery and disclosure of improper conduct in connection with those government contracts and ensure that corrective measures are promptly uh, pursued by the contractor. Now, those things are just the general framework. And again, there's really no uh, specific teeth associated with the policy. It is the clause itself that is inserted into contracts that uh, bring the teeth into the matter. And that is Federal Acquisition Regulation uh, Section 52.203-13 uh, that is entitled Contractor Code of Business Ethics and Conduct. This particular clause is inserted into contracts in which performance is expected to be over 120 days and the dollar value of the contract is over five and a half million dollars. So both conditions have to be met. But when both conditions are met, the contractor not only, uh, not only are those provisions that I talked about that are couched as a should, those provisions become requirements of performance. And the requirement is generally that within a short period of time after the award of a contract, the contractor is supposed to have in place a written code of business ethics and conduct that a copy of that code will be made available to each employee and that the contractor then is required to exercise due diligence to prevent and detect misconduct. It's required to promote an organizational culture that encourages ethical conduct and a commitment to uh, compliance with the contract, regulations, laws, and, and other applicable provisions, and that the contractor must timely disclose any evidence of misconduct in the performance of its contracts with the federal government. Uh, those are the basic requirements applicable to that those contracts that are over that threshold, $5.5 million and 120 days performance. Now, the regulation continues or the clause continues by requiring that 
the contractor have in place a business ethics awareness and compliance program and internal control system. Now, there are a couple of exclusions. Small businesses do not have to have a program uh, under, as, under the regulation. And if the contract is for a commercial item, the contractor does not have to have this uh, program or system. Now, a contractor would do well to have those in place anyway, but the requirement is lessened in the context of a commercial acquisition or a, an acquisition involving a small business. But if the program is required, then there has to be uh, essentially an infrastructure that is put in place beyond the, the code itself. There's the requirement that uh, the the uh, there be an uh, somebody assigned that has responsibility for the program, and that individual has to be at a sufficiently high level within the company. The program has to be resourced, and the ultimate test for this is the effectiveness of the program. Does it facilitate the prevention of misconduct? the identification of misconduct should it occur, and uh, appropriate remedial steps. It requires periodic reviews of company business practices, procedures, policies, operations, and so forth. Um, that is, contractors need to test to find out whether their infrastructure, their policies, procedures, and controls are having the intended effect on the workforce. This requires a periodic evaluation of the effectiveness of the program. Uh, again, there's, there's a requirement for a hotline or a helpline, uh, some sort of an anonymous reporting mechanism. Uh, and the workforce must know what the options are for reporting misconduct. And it also requires timely disclosure of identified misconduct, and it requires the full cooperation of the contractor uh, in any audits, investigations, or corrective actions. So those are the two, one a provision, one a set of requirements that, uh, that have application in the government contracting arena. Ron, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time today, but uh, I hope that our listeners will join us again tomorrow when we take a look at small business Compliance programs, small businesses doing business with the government, and frankly, small businesses con concerned. So uh, thank you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Right, thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of a special five-part series on federal contractors and compliance programs. I hope you'll join us again for another episode. This special series has been sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and you can check out more information on Affiliated Monitors at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.